Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Reverend Steve Kramer, and his message, No Yucking. Perhaps you've heard the statement, Jesus loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Well, it's true. He wants to challenge and change our old attitudes and assumptions as is the case in today's story from Matthew's Gospel. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty and merciful God and Father, praise be to you for your amazing love and ways. As we encounter your word today, may our hearts be filled to the brim with thanksgiving and praise and a fresh outlook on how to serve you well in this world. Amen. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he didn't answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. 
fields and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountains grander and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to how great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God his Son not sparing sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior loves to me how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior loves to me Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Officer Tori Matthews of the Southern California Humane Society got an emergency call one day. A boy's pet iguana had been scared up a tree by a neighbor's dog. It then fell from the tree into a swimming pool where it sank like a brick. Officer Matthews was called and she came with her net. She dove into the pool, emerging seconds later with the pet's limp body. As the newspaper reports, she thought, well, you do CPR on a person and a dog, so why not an iguana? So she put her lips to the iguanas. Now that I look back on it, she said to a reporter, it was pretty, a pretty ugly animal to be kissing. But the last thing I wanted to do was tell this little boy that his iguana had died. The lizard responded to her efforts and is expected to make a full recovery. When I first read this story years ago, my response was, yuck. I imagine... The disciples of Jesus had to have been feeling and thinking that same response after what they witnessed in today's gospel story. Yuck! I envisioned them whispering to one another as Jesus walked ahead of them on their way back into uh, Galilee. 
He broke his own rules. He could have sent that woman away. Why did he do that? Why did he help her? I wouldn't give someone like that the time of day. I imagine that the disciples even told one another to not breathe a word of this incident to anyone when they got back home because it could ruin his credibility. People would be horrified by this. You see, this uh, ministry of Jesus was a big deal. He was ministering to an outsider, a, a non-Jewish person, a Canaanite, an unclean, low-life Gentile, and Jewish folks especially loved, uh, loathed Canaanites. There was a long history of animosity between their peoples. Uh, Canaanites were pagans who worshipped fertility gods. Canaanites were to be driven out of the Promised Land by Joshua and the, his Hebrew armies at God's direction earlier on. Some of them, though, managed to escape and remain in the area, and for generations following, they hated the Israelites for what, what, what they did to them. They were Israel's enemies. The disciples, being Jewish, had been raised with the mistaken belief that God cared only for Israel, and when Messiah came with his kingdom, all the nations would either be destroyed or made subservient to Israel. So naturally, the disciples were taken aback by Jesus' actions that day. By the way, they must have been thinking, hey, didn't Jesus instruct us earlier to go only to the lost sheep of Israel? So what gives here? This is the enemy. God, God could, couldn't possibly care about them, could he? Hadn't he written them off long ago? So why in the world did Jesus help this Canaanite woman out? Well, first of all, Jesus might say, uh, he was responding to what he saw in her. Faith. She, she was displaying faith in God and in, and in him. It was a desperate and persistent faith, as we witness. She loved her daughter and was not about to give up getting Jesus to help her. He was her only hope. And it was a trusting faith. She definitely believed in him and his power to deliver her daughter from the demon that was oppressing her. And she turned from the gods of her culture and trustingly came to Jesus. She was taking a chance herself in doing this. It was an informed faith. She also appears to be aware of God's big plan that the descendants of Abraham were to be a blessing to the nations of the world that Israel's prophets of the past had foretold of a coming Messiah, a descendant of David, who God would send to rule and he would usher in a new day when all the peoples who came in faith would be welcomed to God's banquet table in his new kingdom. She believed it, and we see that in her response to Jesus. It was also a humble faith, knowing that she did not deserve his help, but she believed God cared even for her and her daughter, and our Lord's ability to rescue her child. So even after Jesus gave her the silent treatment at first, and then stoically responded, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel, she still hung in there, humbly knelt before him and called him Lord, which is the same as God, because she was convinced by the Spirit of God that Jesus was her divine Savior, and she begged him, Lord, help me. And when he told her, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, dogs meaning house pets, which was an insulting metaphor, which, 
was common, a common term that Jewish folks used for unclean non-Jewish people. And, and I can even envision the disciples nodding in agreement to his words, saying, thinking, yep, you're right, Jesus, she's not one of us. Still, that did not deter her. She humbly said, yes, Lord, but even our pet dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She continued to express her belief in God's love and compassion for all people like her and her daughter. And Jesus, he was impressed by her faith, even going so far, far as to calling it great. He exclaimed, oh woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And guess what? Her daughter was healed instantly. It's a great story, but with a surprise ending for his disciples and probably to the earliest Christian congregational members who were only Jewish at that time when it was first told this story. Uh, do you ever wonder to yourself when, when you're reading your Bible, why was this story told and retold and written and saved by the Holy Spirit for us to read? What does he want us to see and understand and act upon? I think it's a helpful question to ask. Well, in this particular story, there's some important truths being communicated to all believers in Christ to take seriously if we are to serve him well in this world. We must remember Jesus was teaching and training his disciples for the task of making disciples of all people. After his resurrection, he announced that all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him, and he commissioned the disciples to go make disciples of all nations. This was no small task, but it was an important task. Perhaps then in this attitude, Jesus was once again continuing to try to encourage and build up their faith in him as the son of the living God. After all, we know that he referred to them as men of little faith a few times along the way. In this story, they once again see the power and the authority of Jesus over evil and sickness, and with just a word, the, the girl's healed, and this time it happens in a foreign land to a foreigner. It's like, like God himself had displayed in the past for others. There are no limits to his divine power, they must have thought. He can do anything, anywhere. So this is more evidence for them that, that God's kingdom has come in the person of Jesus and he has the power to save people in their need. That he's not only a descendant of King David's line, he's the son of God, the, 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 the savior of the world. The, he's the way, the truth, and the life through whom people can come to God the Father for salvation. In fact, shortly after this occurrence, in the next chapter, Jesus asked those disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter will respond, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus will congratulate him and tell him that God, his father, has revealed this great truth to him. Of course, this was all ultimately affirmed on Easter morning when God endorsed Jesus by raising him from the dead after his uh, atoning death on a cross to pay for humanity's sins. 
This is a reassuring story then to those believers who are facing challenges and struggles and in, and in need of being reminded that they have a loving, compassionate Savior who is bigger than any problem they might face and they could keep, can keep on believing and praying, calling upon him like the hymn encourages us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's true. But there's even more for believers in Christ to consider in this story. There's a lesson here for us. We're also seeing the ultimate saving plan of God being played out. So did those disciples. They saw uh, the plan that God had begun after humanity's fall into sin was first laid out by God to Abraham. And, and God said that Abraham's descendants would be a blessing to the nations of this broken, sinful world. And later on, Israel would be reminded of the, their God-given purpose through the prophet Isaiah, that God intended them to be a light to all the nations, bringing all people to worship God. This episode, then, is a display of God's universal love for all people in this world. We see here that no matter what their background may be, they matter to him. He desires all people to enter his kingdom and live under his gracious rule, to serve him and enjoy a saving eternal relationship with him through faith in his son. That, my friend, is a startling and important truth for us to understand and to live by as we live out each day as Christ's disciples in a world filled with so many kinds of people that can be seen as yucky and unlovable and so unlike us. <laughs> God wants everyone. I mean, think about, does, he, does his love and care extend to Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, or followers of other religions? To the drug dealer, the despicable, the deviant, the immoral, the crooked, the cheat, the adulterer, the selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed, the vicious and mean, the atheist, the obnoxious, the greedy, the racist, the bully, the enemy, the oppressor, the persecutor, the one who's made a mess of his or her life and everyone else's around him or her, even them. And Jesus shows us today, yeah. I came for all. And that's the perspective Christ's followers are to carry into our own little or big spheres of influence in this world. Everyone counts in God's sight. Jesus died on a cross for everyone to save them from sin and death and the power of the devil, just like he did for us. And the truth is, every one of us, in fact, are sinful rebels and runaways anyway. Unclean dogs living in a dog-eat-dog -dog world deserving nothing but God's punishment because of our sinfulness. All of us are in need of God's grace and forgiveness, aren't we? Not one of us deserves to sit at his kingdom table and eat with him. All of us are empty-handed beggars in his sight. 
And I thank God he loved this spiritually starved beggar, Steve Kramer, sinner par excellence, and sent the bread of life, Jesus Christ, to rescue me and make me his own forever. For without God's grace given me through Jesus, I would be hopelessly, helplessly lost for eternity. So Christian witnessing has been uh, accurately described as one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Rescued by God's grace, that believer now views and values all others as Jesus views and values them. And no matter who they are and what they've done or haven't done with their life, they matter to God, and therefore they are to matter to us. We know that they carry God's image. They are died for by Jesus Christ in order that they might be brought back to God. And so we humbly and gladly approach and serve them with, the mind, with that mindset in the hope of pointing them to the bread of life, encouraging them to turn and begin to follow Jesus and receive a new eternal kind of life. I have often heard Christian witnesses say, and I've used this myself, when trying to make the gospel more personal to their hearers, to take John 3.16, you know the verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And insert your own name in the place of the world. God so loved Steve. God so loved Bob. God so loved Shirley. It's true. If you were the only person who ever lived, Jesus died for you. That's the point. And I certainly hope you believe that. You are loved. And if someone's listening to me today that doesn't know Jesus yet, know this. He lived and died and rose again for you, to rescue you. He'll welcome you when you turn from the way you've been going and ask him to forgive you and take over your life. And you will discover for yourself as you get to know him, he really does love you. But let us, as his followers, never forget or ignore the fact that God so loved the world. Let's not uh, uh, limit this. That means all people, all sinners, that God gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There are to be no write-offs, no people viewed as even beyond God's help, as we're sometimes tempted to believe. God wants every person on this planet to know his son and come to him and receive the gift of eternal life through faith in him. His mercy and grace is available to everyone who will come. So I would suggest that it would be a good idea to start inserting someone else's name in that John 3.16 verse instead of just your own. Perhaps someone you're struggling to like or love or other people that you know who are presently far away from God and missing out on the joy of having Jesus Christ in their lives. Instead of talking in generalities about loving people, let's make it personal and see them and love them as God sees them and loves them and find ways to personally awaken them to the gift he's offering everyone. Everyone matters. Let's pray. Lord, help us to not ignore, avoid, or write anyone off. Help us to love as Jesus loved us and use us to be your hands and feet and voice 
to everyone around us. Amen. You know, he wants us to shine, and that's why he gave us the light. Jesus gave me a little light. I'm gonna let it shine. Jesus gave me a little light. I'm gonna let it shine. Jesus gave me a little light. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. This little May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. When I grabbed that thing and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head and I I heard it just like you and me are talking, don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, that's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me again of, 
how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. <laughs> <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.